As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Well, thank you for joining us. This is Mike Sipple with the Talent Magnet Institute podcast, helping you succeed in leadership, business, community, and life. We are here today with a good friend of mine, Jim Samaki, who's the Vice President and General Manager of Duran Manufacturing. Uh, Jim, it's a pleasure to have you today. Mike, I'm, th- I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, and we've been friends. Uh, we met, actually, um, in 2006, and um, we, our firm had the distinct pleasure of helping you identify the leadership role that you're in today. And it's been what ten years? Yes, just over ten years now. Yes. Um, and I, you know, again, it's just uh, one the way you think, the way you lead, the distinct background and leadership experience and education and work experience that you have, I think puts you in an amazing position to run an organization like you've been doing. Um, so I'm very excited to just dive in, have a great conversation about leadership, life, community, business, and um, and see where that takes us here. So I know we talked a little bit about discussing kind of critical success factors of leadership, and it might be helpful if you would and wouldn't mind just talking about your work experience that kind of put you in the position that you're in today. Sure. Might be very helpful. No, yeah, thank, thanks for that background. And I also want to thank you. You know, we've had the, had the more than 10-year relationship, and we've also used your firm to help place some candidates uh, within my company, too. And have really respected the way that you've run the organization here and and been able to do more than a transactional-type placement. Uh, so I really have a lot of respect for what you do here at Centennial. And I thank, thank you for the opportunity to come in and talk a little bit about leadership. So with, with my background, um, I was very intentional about what I was trying to study in school and trying to, in, in focusing in the marketing and sales aspect. Uh, and I was looking for an opportunity out of school in the sales, sales realm which I felt was the quickest and fastest way to learn about business and business challenges. And so I went into a sales role, did sales and sales management roles for about 12 years, uh, intentionally made the choice after the 12 years of, of calling on a number of different customers and in different markets uh, to go into the product development side of the business and working with engineers and managing engineers and working with product managers to learn another aspect of the business and not only not only creating products and innovating, but also profit and, and costing and so forth. And as part of that, I also at the time went and uh, got my master's in business administration up at Ohio State. So it was a very intentional uh, thing to look to be able to, how do you set yourself up to run an organization? And so when the opportunity came along um, at Duran Manufacturing, it, it was really intentional almost to be positioned to the way uh, to help the owners run, run, that, run that organization for them. And it's been a really fantastic decade over there, being able to, again, go into a completely different industry from hardware, home center, tools and equipment into uh, technology products uh, with tire pressure monitoring systems and and monitors for a school a school bus. It's uh, it's it's different. But what I really look at the, what business is business is about people, and leading people is really the key aspect of the whole thing. Um, and so, you know, 
a big part of that in, in, in with the people aspect is, is listening to them. You know, so, so many of the good leaders that I've seen have been the ones that have been willing to listen. Uh, they aren't the ones that are out there talking. They're the ones that are listening and helping to strategically make decisions. And that's part of what I've tried to emulate over the years. You know, it, the, the discussion um, just on the tactical side of your career, you know, sales, marketing degree, sales, product development, product engineering, pricing, business structure, profitability, mapping out strategy, future, future uh, customer consumption, what those products would look like. You know, every time you and I talk, I'm fascinated by your work experience oh, that you. led you into a GM role to run a business. Um, then you couple that with your leadership capabilities and the way you care about people. I mean, I've had the opportunity to interact with people that worked with you as a peer, then as a manager, then as a boss um, in your past career, right? And um, and you just have such an authentic leadership approach and a genuine leadership approach, right? Um, so can you share with a, you know some of the attributes, some of the things that you have learned? You mentioned listening. Um, you mentioned people, the importance of people. Um, can you go through just a few more of those attributes that you kind of try to lead forward with? Yeah, with with with, with the leading aspect, you know, authenticity I think is is the key. Um, and authentic, authenticity is it can't be faked. You know, uh, there 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 are people that can get away with it for a while, but the first time they're put in a difficult position or they're put in a position where they have to make a difficult decision that might might compromise their ethical or moral standards. Uh, they can they can default to that if they're not being authentic, and I think that's something that people pick up on very very quickly and very easily, but you don't really experience it until you have some sort of a negative event that occurs, and that happens in every business. Some something where a customer may want to challenge you on pricing or or challenging you on delivery, or you have a competitor who offers something that's new and different that you have to try to to match or beat, and you're faced with those challenges. But being able to to be authentic in that in that time frame and saying, okay, let's get together, let's figure this out, and let's get it done. And the other part about it is with that authenticity is you have trust. And with trust, you can be honest with people. You can, you can have those conversations with people that are difficult and challenging at times to say, you know, you, you didn't perform here the way that we expected or the way that you expected. How can we fix it? How we can prove that going forward without, without taking that person and sending them off, off the rails? Because it's it's all about develop, developing them as an individual, and that's that's really the the culture that that I've tried to create in in the leadership opportunities that I've had in the time that I've been at Duran is really a, a culture of success, not only for the company, but I'm really focusing on the culture of success for the individual, um, so they can be successful. Um, a big part of that for me is also understanding and helping them to understand that it's a life work balance. And that in that order, so that life is the life is the thing that comes first, um, because that's you know people work for a lot of different reasons, but the, you know a big part of part of my focus is understanding that balance of life and work. And when you invest in people and understand and, and trust them to get the job done, they'll pay you back many times over in terms of their effort or or their performance. And you know, when it, when they have that decision to make, you know, do I get up to half an hour earlier or to stay, you know, or do they take that extra phone call? They do it because they trust you and they know that, that you're working to help them uh, improve. Could you share a little bit about some of your learnings in the whole product engineering and product ingenuity and everything that goes into, you know, 
getting the right things to market and the right attaching the right customers, listening to their needs. Could you give some perspective? Because again, you're a expert in that space as well, and I'd love to have some of that shared. Oh, thank you. That's it's it's a um, the, we try to live by the mantra of treating our customers' problems as if they're our own. So not designing a product or designing a service that isn't needed by people. We really try to get close to our customers to understand what their problems are, and they may not even realize they have the problem. So if you can create a product or service that, they, that, that you can provide a solution to that they don't even realize they're having, or more importantly, they do realize that they're having and they don't have a fix, Treating that problem as if, as if it's our own as a company and delivering that to them, whether it be a customized solution, uh, whether it be a, a tweak on a product, that sort of thing, though, th- that's, that's been critical for our success at, at, at Duran. Prior to my time at Duran, we spent a lot of time identifying the customers and the voices that they had, whether, whether, the, whether it was a, a certain type of, of a product user, um, a DIYer in their garage or a DIYer outside um, in the yard, two different people. And we really tried to create profiles of those customers and, and, and talk to those people to, to learn what they, what they do or how they do and what their obstacles could be. But the, the big part, you know, again, is, is, is really understanding and getting a sense of how how you can make things easier for people on tasks or problems that they're facing, mm. and that's been the approach the approach that we've that, that we've used. So understanding your customer and understanding their problems as if they're their they're your own. Correct. Correct. Is a great- and, and, and a big part of when I started early on is listening. You know, yeah. listening is listening is the key. Asking questions are the key. You know, we, we've, uh, we've had a lot of success in talking with, with customers in many different markets, many different situations uh, of really asking, asking questions that they may have even thought about the answer. But then when they give you the answer, you have the opportunity and you take it and you, and you create that. Um, and then, it's, then it becomes a relatively easy process because it makes sense to them and, and, and adding, adding a product or a service to their mix. So critical success factors of leadership. We talked about authenticity. Um, and we also discussed um, prior to this ability to create and communicate a shared vision. Yes. Can you dive into that a little bit? Yes. The, the, the vision, I think, is, is really, you know, the first is being authentic, but also creating a vision where people can understand and see where you're going. And not only not only see where you're going, but where they're going. You know, it, it is the approach of, of, you know, there are so many people that I talk to that say they work for the company. And we try to take the approach of that the people that are, that are working for us are the company. You know, so it's, it's not an, it's an us versus a, a they sort of approach. Like, oh, I've got to go work for the company. Or no, they, they, they embrace that and understand that shared vision. So you create and you be transparent about things that are both positive and negative, but you really try to set aspirational goals and a big part of what we do is, you know, we've, we've created, you know, a mission, a higher, per- a higher purpose, and an, and an identity related to each of those, each of those aspects. So the, the identity supports the higher purpose, and the higher purpose supports the mission. You know, we, we make at Duran, we make uh, school bus safety products. The higher purpose of that thing, of that, of that, uh, of that product category, is to protect children. That's a pretty good purpose for people to get behind. 
You know, we make a, a sleeping child check monitor. Um, I can't imagine. I have two young daughters. Can't imagine my daughters being left on a school bus. But it gives them a, it gives the people that work at Duran a shared vision and a common belief. Hey, I'm doing this for a reason that it, that is a that is beyond working for the company. And that that's part of creating that shared vision that gets people behind it, and really becomes more than just doing a job. You feel really good about what you're what you're trying to accomplish beyond the numbers and the, the revenue and the profit, because that seems to follow. Right. Right. Are there any particular experiences where you, before putting this in place for your team, you had a leader helped educate you and put it in place for you? Have you seen this modeled before and carried that over? I, I have. At my, at my previous employer at Campbell Household, where I worked before, I had a number of good leadership examples uh, with folks there. But probably the person who had the, the biggest impact on me is, is the, my, current, the, my current owner of my company. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Stegman, uh, he he's the CEO and owner there, and it was very early on in my time at Duran. Uh, I started there in the fall of '07, and as you know, in '08 '09 we had an economic crisis in this country, and Jeff very early on he came to me and he said, Jim, we are not going to participate in this economic downturn. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. very simple words. Very simple words, but that resonated with me. Like, we're, okay, everybody else is going to deal with this. We're not going to participate. He didn't say, you know, we, we, we it wasn't going to impact us. He said, we're just not going to participate in it. And it was a really, really a strong approach that he helped, again, again, help me understand about creating that, that bigger picture, that vision and that culture for success, because that was an easy rallying point for all of us to, to believe in. It, we did go through a year where we said, okay, we're going to freeze salaries for a year. We needed to, you know, and, and, it, and it was a pretty pretty difficult time in our country and the economy at that time. We didn't lay anybody off. We froze salaries, and it was people understood it. They weren't mad. They weren't angry. They actually appreciated it because they still had employment, and they st- and they still had employment at a place that where they where they wanted to be. Yeah. So it was. Uh, he 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 set a, a really good example for me. I also. Uh, there's another leader and peer of mine that that, that comes to mind uh, with uh, Brian Humpert is is his name. Uh, he he's now a president of Prime Fit Tools. He's always been very clear to me about the importance that the importance of people and getting them to 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 buy in, and not only for to getting them to buy in, but them also being involved in in creating the vision, because it makes it easier than if they're creating the vision, they they're part of it. And it increase that whole that whole shared vision and, and culture of success there. That's what. What about culture? Creating a culture, you know, what do you? How do you bring all of this together in terms? You know, many say, and I do believe that culture is right. Culture is the environment that people are in, and the authenticity and the trust, and hopefully that's what's driving your culture. But many aren't. Um, you know, the ability to create shared vision, the more you do that, the more the culture is created in a positive way where people want to be. Um, you know, I recently put out a, a quote that secret to employee engagement is clarity of vision and communicating in a, per, in a way that feels personal, right? And, and it's always amazing to me when you put certain things out and they stick. But as of right now, 4,600 people have viewed that in the last three days. Um you know, and it, it's so true, right? Employ- and there's many other layers to this, many other layers to creating a culture and creating a vision. But if you set the vision and people believe the culture is going to be one that where people want to join and be a part of, 
that would you walk through just some of the thoughts around creating the positive culture, creating a good, healthy work environment and culture? Yeah, I, I would say that it starts from and an, a general energy level that the, that a leader carries. The energy I believe I believe energy is shared amongst people. Uh, and whether you're portraying negative energy or positive energy, it, it can be transferred and shared equally. And that energy, if you have a group of people sharing positive energy, then it creates a positive energy around your company and around what you're doing. So energy level to me is, is, is critical. But a big part of creating that culture is getting the right people on board that, that will accept and acknowledge and will embrace a culture. You know, you can have a, a great leader, but if you don't have people that are on board that are willing to follow and able to follow, it doesn't matter how great that leader is, it will all fall it will all it will all fall apart over time. So being very selective and intentional about the type of people that you bring on board to your organization. And when I say that, it's not it's not just who your managers are going to be or who your sales leaders are going to be. It's your, it's your uh, production assistants. It's your customer service people. It's, a, it's, a, it's, the, it's, uh, it's your, your maintenance managers. They all have to understand and embrace that culture. Again, going back to that shared vision of culture of success, if they feel that their job is important to, the, to, to be able to create that su the success for the company, they will want to do that, even though it may be a what considered uh, sometimes a menial task or a task that um, not everybody would want to do. That's part of what they embrace. That's what they are hired to do, and they know how they fit into the picture. It's a they kind of understand that the piece of the puzzle where they play. So I spend a lot of time talking with people within the organization, and and not just about the company. I talk to them about their likes, their interests. I talk to them about what where they want to go. We. We're very intentional, too, with our performance evaluations. Uh, we take the approach that the individual will evaluate themselves, their manager will also evaluate them, and then you create a combined performance evaluation. And we find that typically the performance evaluations now after a year or two, it goes pretty well because there's that ongoing dialogue that people understand where they need to perform. But the thing that has really helped us is we've established uh, three goals each year that not 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 just to for the for support of the business but they're, they're personal goals for the individual and those goals they need to be st stretching so it, it pushes them to reach a higher level they need to be specific and they need to be measurable so after 12 months the answer to that goal is yes or no did i achieve it mm -hmm. and the, a big part of what the folks are always uh, that, that i've talked with that, that enjoy that part of it is we also understand that it's okay to fall short. Uh, I've, I've spent some time uh, reading and attending seminars by uh, Doug Hall from Eureka Ranch. He's got a philosophy that uh, it's okay to fail, but if you're going to fail, fail fast. And we try to embrace that, that as well. And so if you're setting stretching goals and you're setting specific goals and you don't quite get there, you've still improved. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a big part of what we've done is on, on the goal side. We also have a career development plan for every individual within our organization. You know, if somebody wants to aspire from going in, from, from being an electronics assembler to being a production supervisor to, to running our shipping department and eventually running a supply chain, you would have no idea that they would want to do that or have the capability if you don't have that conversation. Right. 
So we were very intentional about talking to people like, what do you aspire to do with your career? What do you want to do? Some people don't want to go beyond being an electronics assembler, and that's okay too, but you want to help them become the best darn electronics assembler they can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you don't talk to them you don't, and you don't check in with them on a regular basis, uh, that also is where things can fall apart. So you, it's really keeping things cohesive and, 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 again, having that shared vision of success as an, at an individual level helps create that shared vision of success at, at the, uh, the company level. Yeah, the, the dynamic, those listening um, hopefully heard what, I, you know, uh, what I'm getting ready to share here, that the helping them achieve your business goals is really even less important than helping them achieve their personal goals. Because if they see themselves, if our team members see themselves achieving their goals and visions and aspirations, and through, by doing that, through your, the work that you do, and they believe that that's like the, the ultimate engagement tool, Absolutely. right? That it's not just about clarity of vision, it's about clarity of vision that feels personal to them, right? right? And they can say, wow, I can achieve these three things this year or in this next quarter or in the next 10 years by being in this organization. Um, and I also align with what you do. Sure. And I feel that I can really contribute to help you achieve your success. Um, and really understanding that life is, you know, again, it's about succeeding in um, life as much as anything else, right? So, hey, you're going to spend more time at work and waking hours anywhere else and wouldn't it be really cool to have a culture that lets everybody who is employed with you and working alongside of you achieve their success in life too, right? Um, so, and that's what you just hit on so clearly that helping people, even in their own, it's okay not only to fail, fail fast, learn, but also in life, it's okay to fail, fail fast and learn and move on and don't do it the next time, right? And, um, you know, and keep improving throughout that process. So, in terms of team building and helping people, you, I know you mentioned one-on-one conversations. Um, what else do you do? What other best practices have you learned to bring your team together? Uh, we will we will at times do things that are that are off the wall. You know, uh, there, there's a the go kart track up north of town called Full Throttle. We we didn't have the best month uh, prior to, and energy level was dropping. And we got the entire entire group of folks. And we said, you know what? Let's go spend the afternoon up, up, up at full throttle, and we're going to go go-kart racing. Mm-hmm. It, it was an expense, you know, and it was a cost to the business. And if you look at it from that standpoint, was it the smartest thing to do? No, if it from a dollars and cents. But guess what? Everybody got energized. We had people winning. We had team races. Teams were built. We had people, again, from production and supply chain in sales and engineering on the same team. They were working together to get the best results. And we came back uh, after that Friday afternoon off and then the energy level picked picked up. Mm-hmm. We, we've done things like that. We've done simple things like a riverboat cruise where you just sit back and you take time and breathe. Mm-hmm. Take time and breathe and to take it all in and understand how lucky we are to be, to be where we are and, and have that gratitude of, you know, things are pretty good for us and to, to really understand that. Yes, we all have challenges. You know, and it's funny, you can be, you can be sitting next to somebody uh, on an airplane or, or, or standing somebody next to line in a restaurant. You had no idea of the challenges that they're being faced with. And that's the important part is to be, to gracious, to be gracious and have the gratitude for what we do have. Um, and, and helping them to understand that, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've said thank you to people. Mm-hmm. You know, the power of thank you. 
I think is something that has maybe been pushed back a little bit in our society because so many pe people just assume things should happen for them. Um, and so I take it upon myself to make sure I thank people just for doing their job. You know, you know, thank, thanks, for, thank, thanks for doing your job. Or obviously if they go above and beyond, you definitely thank them. But, you know, the power of the handwritten thank you note, I, 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 I've had the opportunity to speak um, with uh, at the Miami uh, Baseball Players Alumni Association a couple of times. And the power of a thank you note, there were some players that took their heart and actually sent me uh, a, a thank you note. And guess what? I've stayed connected with them and I've helped them with their networking mm -hmm. because they took that time to do that. And, and it, it's so, it is a fast paced life. Mm -hmm. People have so many distractions, but to take that time and really acknowledge and, and, and be gracious for, for things that people do for you is also important. And that's part of a, the culture of the organization. Again, I, uh, of, of really having that uh, people understanding, you know, we thank our customers for their orders. I don't know how many I don't know how many companies do that anymore, but we thank them for they don't have to place orders with us, you know. We thank them for our orders, and if we don't, we remind ourselves we need to do that. You know, and so we don't do it a hundred percent of the time, but we do it quite a bit. But thank you, thank you for taking thank you for taking my phone call, mm -hmm. you know. And it's it's a little thing like that that can really create a lot of positive energy, and again, go back towards that authenticity. You can't fake that. Um, people will sense that you're not being genuine, and, and that, that trust falls apart. So the, yeah, the power of thank you, I love that statement, you know, and reminding us all to do that more often. And you even said just for doing their job, sure. right? So, you know, thanking them for being there today and giving their all today um, will go a long way. You know, I think for all of us, just to I love the other comment that you made with people in the airport or people in the restaurant, that you don't know what other people's story is, right? But you're a part of that story. You're a chapter, you're a touch, you're a sentence in their story. And how can we use that time and that energy to be a positive influence on others' lives? Um, great takeaway. Great takeaway. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so the, a couple other things I, I know, and I, this may have been years ago. I don't know if you all still do or not, but kickboxing? We, yeah. We, uh, we actually have our, – our instructor actually became uh, – he got another full-time job that okay. he no longer can come into to teach us. But he, uh, we did. We had a we had a kickboxing instructor uh, taught us Muay Thai, and actually, it was martial arts instructor. Okay, um, he was uh, Neil Rowe was is his name, and he uh, he teaches up at Saken Martial Arts. He was uh, one of the coaches for Rich Franklin, who was a UFC champion here locally in the area. Uh, he came down and he would come to our facility and he would do kickboxing, uh, Muay Thai and jujitsu, uh, training sessions where, and I've told, I've told this to, to, to the owner and, and he's told it to me. It's, it's kind of interesting to be able to punch your owner in the face, uh, <laughs> in a sparring session. And he said the same thing. <laughs> so yeah, to yeah. be a little, you know, to have a little bit of fun that way. But it was Punched also my GM in the face, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Hey, yeah. But the also the, the interesting thing about martial arts is not always the aggression. It's also about the defense and the strategy. And so we were able to to take that to another level beyond just the physical aspect of it, but also the mental aspect of it and the preparation, and and being able to to outthink or outwit. Uh, your opponent is also is also uh, important in business, um, and so we talked a lot about that. We also have yoga instructor com that comes in every Thursday. Still, mm -hmm. it comes in every Thursday, and we we uh, the there's a big group of people that, that that does yoga. Again, not only for the body health, but for the mental health of it. I, I mentioned I think once very quickly and briefly, taking a breath, 
and breathing and 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 and, and taking it all in. Um, there's that's become such an important aspect, I believe, in people's not only physical but mental wellness, but also it, it, uh, wellness, but also affects their physical wellness. Yeah. You know, just taking that time to breathe, and that's that's so. Yeah, there's so there's some unique things that 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 we that we do. Um, we still have the heavy bags up there, and there's we still will go at it every once in a while, where we're uh, we put the we put the pads and the gloves on, and we have a little bit of fun. Um, but yeah, it's that's that's an interesting aspect as well. Yeah, I, the do you allow your employees to take time and team members, and do you personally? Right, I think that's where I am in many cases. I forget to breathe. Right. Um, you know, some of us type A's forget to breathe, like, have, you know, and, and I always tell people that's why essential oils are so good. Cause it reminds you to breathe. Yeah. Right? I think <laughs> that's the, that's the yeah. mental, physical impact of that. Um, taking time to breathe, taking time to think in the dream. Yeah. Right. Um, and even tying in some of the team building aspects into yoga and, um, you know, kickboxing and martial arts, and well, we also we we have a what's called a copy trainer. It's basically a stationary bike, where it will record your ride against many different courses, or, or you know that that are in the computer. We have competitions now, where somebody will go post their result. You ride against, and the next person rides against that result. Again, it's friendly competition, and you're going after. It. And there's 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 a handful of us that do it. And it gets frustrating when you when you're not in first, but again, <laughs> we, you talk about you know rising tides lift all boats, and that's you know a physical aspect of it. But we also do that within within the organization where we we are very outward about celebrating our successes. I will tell you that ten years ago, I was not good at that. Mm. Ten years ago, I just assumed that success was going to happen because that's who I was and that's what I did. Mm. I didn't celebrate my successes and losses took me took me to a place I didn't like to be. I took the losses way too hard. I've now learned to celebrate those successes and diminish the impact of the losses that you have. Because again, it's life and life and, and part, big part of, and it's a big part of business. You know, big, you're not going to win every day in business. Yeah. You're not going to win every phone call in business. And to be able to handle it and, and pick that phone that phone back up and make that next fall that next call or go to the next appointment, those are those are important things. Or for my assembly team to, you know, if they if they had a slip up on a product where they didn't make one that 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 passed our testing, well, guess what? They're going to do it better the next time and 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 go that way. So it's a it, learning learning from the losses is important. I think it's, it's almost more important than learning from the wins. You know, how did we win that? Well, why did we lose that is also a key question we try to ask our, our folks. And, you know, we, we, we've tried to, we've kind of adopted a mentality. Uh, Lee Demas is uh, my director of, uh, um, of, of business development. He kind of coined the phrase, uh, no for now. You know, so you, you make a lot of phone calls and you talk to a lot of customers and they'll say, oh, I'm not interested or no, not, not really, not really right for me. Well, we've taken that approach of, well, it's, it's no for now. You know, and so we'll we'll call back in six months. We'll call back in a year, and we've a good part of our business now is from people who originally told us no. You know, and that's and that's and that's that's a big part of it too is is having that. I don't know. They, I want to say it's kind of an internal, just uh, uh, kind of a, a gut instinct to, and, and a way to go after it and and to not get not not give up. You know, I I don't want to get out. You know, on this. On the, on the on the Jim Valvano thing, but never give up, never ever give up, 
it's true in so many facets of life. And, uh, you know, we don't, we haven't adopted his mentality, but that it resonates with me. And every time I see that speech, when the SBs come out or I see it on a commercial, it resonates, uh, about, uh, about so many things in life, you know, whether I'm dealing with my daughters and trying to help with her spelling words, yeah. you, know, you know, and don't give up, don't ever get up. You're going to get the, you're going to know how to spell that word, you know, and, right. um, and, it, and it's okay that you didn't get hundred percent on your test because what did you learn from that? And applying that, it, it, it's all applicable throughout your life. And, and, and I go back to saying, you know, life work balance. If your life is in good balance, your work is going to be in good balance. I believe. Yeah. Um, so if you have a healthy individual and a healthy spirit and a healthy energy as, um, and a personal standpoint, then, then it, will help, it will help the company and the organization you're working for. So let's discuss a little bit more deeper in that. So sure. you're running a business, right? And wh- whether you're on an executive team or you're the one with all of the full P&L responsibility, there's a layer of pressure that gets put on to those leaders and many that, you know, that's the requirement of taking on that role. Um, how have you, what have you learned? You've shared some of those things. What have you learned to keep that in balance and to create, are there personal checkpoints that you have or personal accountability partners around you? You walk us through some of that? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a work in progress for me. I, you know, and, and I've, I, like I said, uh, 10 years ago, I was, I was, I was miserable. I was miserable. Uh, I wouldn't say I was miserable. I wasn't good at it. I've yeah. gotten a lot better over okay. the past ten years. Let's let's put it that way. But from balancing that responsibility, um, that that is a, that is a general pressure that that can be fairly burdensome. Um, you know, you're making decisions as a leader of an organization or on an executive team, or uh, I'm on the board of trustees at my daughter's elementary school. Uh, you're making decisions or part of decisions that affect a lot of people. Um, and you're trying to make the, the decision the best interest of the organization or the best interest of the people within the organization, um, that, can, that, can, that can be burdensome. I've, I personally, what I've, what I've become uh, in tune with is, is meditation. Um, I, if you would have said to me 10 or 15 years ago that I'd be meditating you know, now, no way. But uh, I'll go defer back to the breathing aspect, breathing and taking it all in and understanding that it really impacts how you think on so many levels. You know, you're not, it's not a gut reaction. It's not the hard charging, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Taking that extra second, that extra pause can, can oftentimes find you clarity that you wouldn't do if you just charged right in. Now, there are times when you need to charge right in. You know, and, and and that that can have an impact, and you have to understand that balance. Um, but from from a personal check checkpoint, you know, there are people who I will talk with within my network. Well, I just I'll, I just check in with them and say, you know, this is what's going on with me. Uh, my my wife uh, Michelle is an is an amazing amazing foundational aspect for me. She she provides a lot of clarity for me. Um, you know the, the the difficulty a lot of things is you don't you don't want to bring her into the troubles you may be experiencing but you want to be able to help her understand the emotion that you're going through and she's been able to help me rebound so many times after whether it was a bad day or a tough decision and we've had to make tough decisions on employees or team members where they weren't the right fit or or they wanted something different that we weren't able to offer those, those are real decisions you have to make. And it's, imp- it's impacting that person's life. Um, they're never fun. I, I probably take them on a little bit too personally. 
um, because I may from time to time hold on trying to make it work a little longer than I should, but I've gotten better at that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, because you, 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 you know, a big part of what I think the success were in my career has been, has been embracing people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I want to believe in the good and I want to believe in the, the, the opportunity for success of every individual. So I, there are times when I've tried to make, I've, I've tried to make it work when I, I could have pulled the plug earlier. Um, but there's also a lot of people who, who I've been told, Hey, you know, this, this person, they, they they need to go I'm like, no, hold on here. There's a, there's a diamond in the rough. Let's get them in the right position. Let's get them a little bit of training. Let's, let's do some coaching. And now they're, now they're spectac spectacular contributors to the company. So there's, there's a mix and a blend and it's a learning process, but to go back to your original question about the, the, the personal checkpoints yeah, there, I, I, I personally check in. Uh, I have I, I set annual goals for myself. I set quarterly goals for myself, but more importantly, I also set five and ten year goals. But I don't re wait till the fifth year or the tenth year to review them. I'm always reviewing them, and it's on many things. It's not even you know it's not it's not where I am from a title standpoint or where I am from a career standpoint. It's really where I am as an individual. Uh, back in in uh, when I got my MBA at Ohio State, we we had to write a leadership legacy statement. And when I first got the assignment, I was like, man, my writing was going to be on my tombstone, mm -hmm. you know, and what, and that was probably one of the best exercises I've ever done because it really helped me understand is what is my legacy as a leader? What do I want it to be? And how does that, how, if, if that's, if that's out there, how do you support that on a daily basis? I have it posted right in my office. It's above my phone. I see, I see what it is and I have to go back and read it once because it's, it's got, it's got a couple of pages to it, but it, and it has changed over time. Uh, ten years ago, I didn't have I didn't have a daughter, so being a being a family man was on the bottom of the list. Well, it's now on the top of the yeah. list. You know, I want to be I want to be an excellent father and be a, a great family man. Uh, but that leadership legacy statement is really helping to understand who what what do I want people to think of when they think of Jim Samaki? You know, I've I've held this long held belief of, of my own personal brand. You know, whether whether it's Tide or Kroger or or General Electric, people immediately think of something. Mm -hmm. So when people hear my name, what do they think of? Mm -hmm. And for me, mine my my brand is I want it to I want people to think that I'm honest and credible and reliable. Mm -hmm. Those are the three things for me that I want people to think of when they think of me. You know, and I and, I, and I'm different things to different people. Many brands are different things to many different people. But those are really at, at at my core of being honest, credible, and reliable, and that's, you know, and that can do so so many different aspects. Um, but that's 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 where it helps me to to focus what I do on a daily basis and check back in with uh, with, with with what I do. Jim, I really appreciate this time. There's so many little nuggets, kind of Jim's ideas and ideals of how to check yourself as a leader, how to empower your team, how to build trust, how to show appreciation how to further enhance others' lives around you. And um, certainly the my experience has been that you're honest, credible, and reliable, and just a really good, well-thought-out leader. You know, we mentioned 10 years, you know, 10 years ago where I was, very different than where today. And even the whole, the whole comment on meditation and breathing, like I didn't realize that till probably four years ago. Right. Right, that I just thought the pace was all about, and I still naturally run at a pace probably too fast for my own good. Sure, um, 
but the impact of breathing and the impact of, and I have people who will check in, have you, have you breathed today? <laughs> like, um, you know, and even that little nugget, I hope someone listening three years from now goes, wow, I heard that. And Jim Samaki planted that seed and I never thought about the importance of it. Right. And the things you, you've done with team building, you know, again, I hope inspires people to think creatively, right? Like, Hey, we're having a, little bit of a rough patch and let's go race cars together and let's show, you know, let's go have fun together and, you know, let's bring in some sparring equipment and really go at it. You know, everybody dreams of that, that moment. Right. Right. Um, but, and I also appreciate that you're so appreciative of others who have helped lead you in this journey that shows you're a learner, you're a listener, um, that you care and, um, and that you're open to being, you know, further enhanced by the leadership of others. Uh, it's really important. So um, any other parting words that you might add? I, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to do this. Um, you know, I, I mentioned that I, I try to keep on pace and try to keep checked in. But when, when you mentioned the opportunity to, to do a podcast, it, it, it also made me check in and do a deeper dive on it and really see where I was. And so I, I appreciate the opportunity and, and the almost 12 years that we've known each other and look forward to knowing you for many more. So thank you very much. Jim, thank you for your friendship. Um, again, you're listening to Jim Samaki, Vice President and General Manager of Duran Manufacturing. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in today. Jim, thank you for being a part of this and helping leaders succeed in leadership, business, community, and life. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Medine of New Fidelity Studios and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Medine and myself, your host, Mike Sipple Jr. We are recorded in Greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We're supported by our listeners from all around the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is part of the Talent Magnet Institute and Centennial. You can reach me on Twitter or LinkedIn at Mike Sipple Jr. Find us in your favorite podcast app, or you can visit us online at talentmagnetinstitutepodcast.com to subscribe, leave a review, and share with a colleague. Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.